That's why experience matters. What's going on, everybody? This is the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn how to rock more while also sucking less. In Atlanta, Georgia, I'm Adam Johnson. In Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Wright. Listen, Dan, the gig that we did on Saturday, yeah. experience mattered. Ah. And uh, it didn't go so hot Ooh. because uh, there was some experience lacking uh, in, uh, yours in a or situation. The so, hosts or the. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, this is a situation where they had seen us at another event. They're like, it's the greatest night of my life. We got to hire these guys. Mm. The problem was, is that this was version 1.0 of this prospective event. And so they hadn't quite figured out how things were supposed to go, run a show, that kind of thing. Gotcha. And if you guys were keeping track last week, I had said the timeline that they had given us was a little, let's say, optimistic, mm. maybe ambitious. Yeah. And as I predicted, uh, things did not go according to plan and then some. And it actually brought up a really interesting topic in the Slack channel, which is like, what guidance as a vendor can you provide to a client? Yeah. And knowing what you are able to insinuate yourself into and what you aren't. And it was just a bunch of stuff. A lot of stuff just did not go as planned. One of those things was also one of our QSC tops just stopped working mm. as we were getting ready to do sound check. And so that was, we did all of the baseline troubleshooting. Luckily enough, there was a guitar center right down the road. And it's very fashionable for us as musicians to dump on big box music stores. True. But uh, I rolled in, they were 15 minutes away. They had a QSC K12, just like the one that I needed. I didn't have to fill out any paperwork. I was in and out less than 10 minutes. They charged me $45 and they saved the day. That's cool. Like they literally saved the day. All right. So I take back every bad thing I've ever said about Guitar Center ever. I think venture capital and music business vendor stuff is awesome. It goes now. hand in hand. Well, Perfect. listen, those, those emergency no runs there. I'm going to hold it up right now. Only Adam can see it. But this capo, this capo was an emergency buy from uh, nearby Guitar Center at a wedding. We played in Asheville. One back. When you need them, you need so, them. That's how that is. Yep. That's really all it boils down to. Shout out to the guys at the Marietta Guitar Center because they did. They saved my hide. And um, yeah. Very cool. But yeah, it was just a, it was um it was an interesting gig. And it was the first gig that we did with our new bass player who, God love him, he did a great job, but he had to roll with a lot of punches because the night that we had anticipated and that he had prepared for did not happen. <laughs> and uh, he was just stuck make and do with with everything else but he held his own he he really did great and i made sure to let him know he put the work in and he did a good job so That's awesome feeling pretty good about that it's awesome so the issue was that the break during which they were going to do an auction took two to three times as long as they planned that was one of the problems okay. the other problem was that they wanted the event started at seven they wanted to start serving dinner at seven fifteen, and then they wanted the band to start at seven thirty. uh-huh the problem was is that nobody showed up until 7.30 right. and they were all waiting at the bar and not going to the buffet when we were supposed to start. So we decided that we would do a um, dinner set. So Amber and I put together like 30 minutes of solo stuff that was still kind of in, in the era. And we did that and it they still had not made it their way into the room. And some of the band went on. It was just like, it was just weird. And people were there to socialize and they weren't like, it's the... The concept of like a kamikaze 80s band party, hmm. like these people didn't know that they were going to an 80s party. Oh. They they were going to a fundraiser to go to an open bar and, you know, socialize with their friends. Get hit up for cash. And then they're like this, this rude 
80s band was there doing what they were hired to do. And it was just like really inconsiderate. Wow, jerks. So it was supposed to be 90 minutes and then 60 minutes. And I remember I was like, I, I'd be shocked if we played two hours. Mm-hmm. We barely played one hour. Yeah, They paid us the same amount of money. Sure. But it was, uh, it was just like, a, okay, we're doing this now. Okay, we're doing this now. <laughs> right. It was just that over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Yep, some nights are like that. We should have a conversation sometime about the um, phenomenon called dinner set. I think I think a lot of bands could use that concept in terms of what it takes to level up as a as a party and event band. So let's put that on the in the backlog. Yeah, I'd say dinner slash cocktail right, hours. Right. Both of those things yeah. are a bit of the same. So that was my weekend, a bit chaotic, but um, you know, things all kind of worked out in the end. How was your week? Well, pretty okay. We're coming up on a band gig with the full lineup again. I talked about this last week. It's on Saturday. And um, we're basically ready. It's all still in muscle memory. I think that we are going to try to get a rehearsal in tomorrow night. We're recording this Monday, so it'll be Tuesday night. Sun- Sunday, our normal time didn't work for a lot of people. So we're going to try it out on Tuesday. And A lot uh, of people. It's just you and me. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not you and me. The, the rehearsal. We usually do a Sunday morning rehearsal. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, no, no. And then, and then I come home and take a nap and then see there you, you on Sunday night. Understood. So worst case, we'll roll in there with not a fresh take on the second set, but it's fine. We know it. it we proved that to ourselves. A week ago in the rehearsal room that the first set went great. Um, we still had Began and all the stops in Began. So, you there know, you it's cool. Um, I had some slight promise that my regular weekly karaoke show would be starting up mid-August. But um, mm-hmm. that brew pub that is um, – turns out opening another brew pub in Greensboro, North Carolina, and then not marketing it at all is really not like a winning business formula. So, those guys are – holding off again on all kinds of entertainment, pushing back. They just canceled their weekly trivia guy. And um, it'll be like September at all if they ever do that. So I'll put some feelers back out. Who knows? We'll stand up some acoustic stuff around uh, around the month, I'm sure. I'm a little bit holding off on doing my monthly email because I just don't have a lot to say. So yeah, we'll see. But fifth will be fun. Be a good night. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this summer has been kind of weird for us. And I haven't necessarily minded because it's you know there's been a lot of family stuff and so being able to travel and not feeling stuck has been kind of nice and i feel like at the moment we're at this precipice where i really want to start being a bit more ambitious with our public outings Mm. and so there's just been some movement business-wise in our world that i'm i'm really considering swinging for the fences on a couple of things and so we're looking at this october date which could break really big for um for us uh in the coming weeks and then I'm already looking out a bit further into next year with some other stuff, which could be really fun. And I think for us, it, it requires rolling back on performing and and really ramping up rehearsals because there's a lot of stuff that we we need to do. First off, we've got a green bass player that we've got to like we've got to break him in right. with more material. So it can't. He joined a band, but he he didn't. He joined like four bands. You know what I mean? Yep. So he's got enough 80s stuff, but now he's got to get the 90s stuff on board and he's got to get some of the top 40 and 2000s pop punk stuff also. So, uh, you know, he's still got a bunch of work to do and and we should be willing to help him get to that point and take that time to just kind of tighten stuff up. And some of that stuff will follow back on when we get into the main topics. Yeah. All right. So in other news, I just found out that we are actually the 158th greatest music podcast in Canada this week. <sighs> top, top 200. All right. Top 100 and 
top 160. Top 160. I mean, however, however you want to slice yeah. that by. Yeah. You know, we get these we get these alerts, and sometimes it's like the Netherlands or Denmark right. or Ireland or Ghana. Yeah, right. This week it's Canada. So for all of our Canadian listeners okay. and watchers, thanks so much. Yeah. You guys are are what this podcast is all about. Have a poutine on me. Eh? Yeah. Thanks, buddies. And <laughs> shifting gears, let's get into review time. This one uh, came in over this past week, and it's a five-star review from Missed the Messenger. And let me podcast. tell you just what I love about this review. We, mm-hmm. we said, tell us anything to say. We'll plug you in, no problem. And this is the first review I feel has really taken us up on that, and I love it. Well, there was that one crew, I can't remember if it was, they were English or Irish, where <laughs> they wanted us to say like the tagline yeah. so they could put it in their promo. Yeah. So- this is a similar kind of situation. Yeah, I love it. But I'm really excited about this because, you know, this is a networking thing, mm-hmm. you know, for relevant networking uh, activities. Right. But here we go. Miss the Messenger, five stars, Apple Podcast, a must listen for anyone in the gigging musician world. Found this pod a little while ago and have basically gone back and listened from the start. Let me say this. I've been active in the cover band world for over 20 years and playing in bands almost 30. I work in live sound slash event and show production, sound lights, video, LED walls, etc. for a living and play in a band called Second Echo Presents Class of 95. Second Echo is the singer's original project for live gigs. I either play bass or rhythm guitar as needed and we added a cover side to it because, you know, money. We are a 90s rock cover band and I have my own project missed the messenger here in Vegas. So this is one of our Las Vegas listeners. Yep. I've always ended up managing the bands I'm in and or doing sound while playing and singing. I've really enjoyed listening to this pod. And while some might think been there, done that, the information and scenarios on the show are extremely helpful. And I really appreciate the two different hosts having some differing thoughts, but joining in a helpful conversation about the topic. I regularly chime in on the Facebook group, and this is where it kind of rung a bell for me. Usually when the discussion has been around sound specific stuff, As a professional industry, sometimes I think the hobbyist language can leave room for misinterpretation, and I'd prefer to speak in specifics so that noobs are not led astray. And would love to chat on the show, so maybe we'll pull them up. I wait each week for the Spotify Blue Dot to appear so I can enjoy another episode. Usually on my way to a gig around Vegas, we do live band karaoke on Fridays on the Strip, and I mix a band on Wednesday nights at a different venue on the Strip. And I really enjoy Adam's videos, TikToks, and Dan's no-must-no-fuss approach. Keep up the good work. How to come over to Apple Podcast to follow and review because <laughs> Spotify doesn't give you the option worth the effort. Appreciate that. So big thanks to Miss the Messenger for for literally like going beyond yeah. his his normal route of consumption in order to leave a five star review. That's right. And some must, uh, some fuss. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you want your ban or your skills and job stuff spread all over the podcast world, yeah, leave a review. Let it rip. We'll read it. Totally. That was, I mean, that was a real meaty conversation yeah. as far as a uh, review goes. So big thanks to all that. And next time I have an excuse to go out to Vegas, we will be, we will definitely be uh, making contact. Heck because yeah. it was one of the things like when we went, Em and I went in December of last year, we had a great time, but I didn't have like, other than I have a friend who is a Lady Gaga impersonator and her husband is an Elvis impersonator, Nice. but her show had just closed and we weren't able to meet up. But yeah, I'd love an excuse to go back out there mm-hmm. and, um, visit Frankie's Tiki Room and see some live music. So yeah. Very cool. Okay. So when you last joined us, we were being a bit dramatic. Mm -hmm. We did an episode called The Three Things Your Band Needs to Succeed. And then we were like, there's more, but you're going to have to wait a week. Yeah. Well, guess what? Wait's over. It's been a week. It has. And so 
while we were having that initial conversation, it became clear that this was a much bigger topic to cover. So we wanted to do a follow-up. And while we went big on the categories from last week's episode, so the three things you needed was talent, vision, and the ability to market yourself. The next four that we're hopefully going to cover in this week's episode, I hope we don't stretch us out to yeah. a part three, Yeah, but it really depends on how, uh, how deep we get into the rest of these topics. But we'll call this the four additional things your band needs to succeed or the things your band needs to succeed part two, yeah. Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. Once you've got those first three, what are the next four? Yeah. So uh, Dan and I went back and forth on this one and, and we landed on these four things. And again, these aren't the four things... Like it's not comprehensive. It's not the end all be all. These were just the first things that came to mind when we started digging into the, well, what, what makes our bands tick? What are the things that we do well that, you know, help contribute to how our bands do? So that's where these are. And again, this isn't a tiered list. This is just as they came out and, uh, we're just going to jump right in. So it's not like the first, second, third, it's just the next thing. Here they are. So once you have talent, vision, and the ability to market yourself, your band needs systems. Now, what would you consider systems to mean in regards to a business and operation, just a, a general kind of in a general sense? Yeah. So how you know systems are working is by observing what happens when they're missing, Ooh. right? A, an organization that doesn't have systems is constantly figuring it out on the fly. It takes a ton of attention, energy, effort to get anything done because there's no practice process you know, way to do it in place. And it's always, the experience is always one of scramble, panic, unpreparedness. Systems are the thing in a business organization that prevent that experience. And so they include things like, you know, what are our practices for promotion? Well, how, how far in advance do we create a Facebook event? How far in advance do we go? Are we a band that does physical in-person leafleting like you did a few months ago? And what's the timeline for that? And what's our practices around that and who do we talk to? You mentioned before we hit the record button that you did a, your standard client, thank you so much, follow-up Yep. after your gig, even though it was, you know, didn't go entirely the way you wanted, but you thanked them for it anyway. That thank you yeah. is a part of the systems, part of the client relations system. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so when you're talking about these particular things, the stuff that kind of popped into my head was the way that you advance a show. In our case, it involves drafting a contract. Uh, and, and so- in the kind of back and forth with the client when I get uh, when we get some kind of inquiry, there's general informational stuff, there's general pricing stuff. But once we get into the I am ready to move forward on this process, the next part is getting what I call exhibit A, which is basically just the the core tenants of what the event entails. And once we have that information, the contract goes out. And so as shows kind of progress, there's all of these things that need to happen in order for us to make sure that we have everything that we need and that the client has everything that they need. And it's just as smooth of an operation as possible. Yeah. So that includes scheduling, making sure that you've got headcount for the the date itself, mm-hmm. making sure all of the positions are filled. It's client relations. It's Listen, you know, the way that you communicate. It's, it's a lot of stuff. Gear transport and setup, right? Is a classic thing that I see people not systematized about. And mm-hmm. it's always... The technical term I think is scrambly ass. If you have a process where you know where things are, you know how they fit in your car, you know who's going to be there with what, you know what time people are going to show up. Like just take so much drama out of, you know, what is already for me, a 
not always high stress, but medium stress at least, sort of part of my day before setup is done and we hit downbeat. Systems help with this. This is why this is why we systematize things. Do you have any tools that you use that make systematizing your bin booking and all that stuff easier? I do. do you have any recommendations? I do. I do. Okay. And it's a it's a tool that systematizes a lot of things, and that is Band Helper. Uh-huh. So it also deals with making, distributing set lists. It deals with um, capturing song ideas, prioritizing the learning of them. It's got a whole system for putting a, an event on the books and then contacting the staff for it and getting confirmations from them. There's just a lot that happens inside Band Helper that's very, very helpful for that. Yeah. And, and it does lots and lots and lots of things that a lot of us don't even use. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, Arlo put out a survey a while back that said, the developer of it, who I've had pretty frequent contact with over the years, mm-hmm. he had a feature idea that was, what if I turned on location broadcast on your device on the day of a gig so that the band leader can look on a map and see where the hell everyone is? Yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Not, not everyone loved that, but the people who are band leaders did. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And, you know, outside of Band Helper, there's also just like project management tools mm-hmm. that I've used a lot. Trello is a free service. It's a freemium service. So yep. You can use it, use their free tier. But it's a great way to visualize the status of a booking. So what you have is you have these vertical columns. And it's basically these steps or the process in which the booking has to go through. And then you have the actual individual dates kind of start on this far left side. And as you progress through the process, you can see where everything stands Mm -hmm. at a glance. So let's say you're looking at six months, 12 months, just like in a single window, you can see where everything stands, what needs to happen, what you need to follow up on, and you know, whatever the next right step is. I've used that a lot previously. I kind of fell out of it. And when we've had different people running these operations, everybody has the tools that they prefer, but um, it's a great resource. It's free. Yeah. Uh, Trello, T-R-E-L-L-O.com. Yep. Uh, go check that out. Software people know that's an implementation of a thing called Kanban, but they probably also know Trello, so they don't need me to tell them that. Yeah. And you know, it, it can involve a lot of other things. It could be the workflow that you use to build backing tracks. Mm-hmm. It could be the way that you onboard new material. Does it involve getting in the room and cranking stuff out? Yep. Does it involve sending out learn tracks from karaoke version to all the players so that they have something to shed on? It's just all of the stuff, all the behind the scenes things, all of the, to me, it's the elephant eating of the operation. It's the, it's the menial tasks that you have to do over and over and over and over that feel like an absolute soul sucking right. exercise. But once they're done, feel absolutely worth all the effort. Well, and to loop back to where I started on this topic, how you know you could use a system is because the experience is you're always behind the eight ball. You're always catching up. You're always scrambling. You know, those are places where some system is needed. And so that's, that's your hint. When it takes more work than it ought to, to have it together, look to what you could systematize. When I think that's a good way to kind of look at it, because if you are in a band and you have this intrusive thought, that's like, man, I wish we Mm. Man, I wish it. Yep. That's typically where systems are missing. Yep. And those are things worth focusing on in order to figure out how to get systems in order to make those things less of a pain in the butt. Why is it always? Why is it never? It's, these are hints. Absolutely. So 
if you have any questions about like what systems look like, or if you want recommendations on how we set things up, or you want to kind of like, I don't know, figure it out from, uh, from other bands. I think, I mean, the Patreon is, is a fantastic place to go check that out. Cause that Slack channel, we, we talk about this kind of stuff yeah. all the time. You know, I mentioned a system in passing earlier, just a few minutes ago, that really is uh, valuable for me. And that is the specific layout of gear in the back of my car. Mm-hmm. Right. I can glance oh, in the yeah. back of my car, see that I have everything right. And when I changed cars and had a different shape in the back of there and it, things changed, like it messed me up for a while. Cause my system was oh, yeah. needed catching up with the physical space. But that particular Tetris of my gear in the back of the car is a, is a system and it, it helps me know like I don't have to count speakers. I know that I have them all because there they all are and I know exactly where to look. Yeah, that back section of the Suburban mm. is literally just, it's dialed in. It's totally back left corner is the uh, the Pelican with all the cables in it. Right in front of that is the front of house rig. Then it's the two subs stored flat side front. Yes. Because they're shallower that way. And then the tops are um, stacked in front of that. And all of that can fit in that back area behind where the, uh, where the seats go. Yep. And then you can just take a little negative space here and there and you can put mm-hmm. a mic stand here and a guitar there and a pedal board here. And when you see it, you know it mm-hmm. and you can just at a glance know this is, this is what I've got. This is what I'm missing. Yep. Super helpful stuff. So the next thing that your, uh, your band needs to succeed is contacts mm-hmm. and contacts can mean lots and lots and lots and lots of different things. Yep. Not the ones in your eyes. Nope. But those might be helpful too. Yeah depending on the style, your personal style. But we're specifically talking about the ones in your, I was going to say Rolodex because I'm old. Phone, the ones in your phone these days. The ones in your phone. Yeah. So the main thing around contacts though is is the sourcing Uh and the management of those contacts. And there's a lot of different ways of going about accumulating those things. Now, you have been a a huge proponent of the the gig hunting where you, uh, you literally scope out a spot and you go into a place and you've got a particular set of creative mm-hmm. that you take along with you in order to accumulate what I would consider cold leads. Largely. You yeah. Know, typically. Yeah. So I walk into a venue that I know does live music on a Saturday afternoon and I be a customer first. I order a drink and then I ask for the manager and usually they're around on a Saturday afternoon and I come with material to share one sheets or I once experimented with my iPad in my bag that was loaded up with performance videos that I could show. Yeah. That, that was pretty effective. And uh, and I walk away with the contact at least. And quite often I walk away with a booking. There you go. Yeah. But that's only one thing. You know, listen, I went to, I think I shared this with you. I went to a karaoke, like a DJ karaoke thing the other night with mm-hmm. a couple of my acoustic karaoke regulars who it turns out cheat on me with karaoke folks all around town all the time. I karaoke whores. What are you going to do? Yeah. Um, but I think it was, I honestly think it was the first time I've ever been to a DJ karaoke, like a civilian. And, really? um, and it was fun. It was really fun. The room was busy and good and a lot of good singers, a lot of poor singers. And that's how that was. I did, um, lovely day, Bill Withers, which is a common opener for me. And then my, uh, my friend Diane and I did, um, shallow Cooper and Gaga. Here's the thing. If I was interested in finding a singer for my band, man, would I be trolling the karaoke nights? Because there are some people there. I told you, like when we did that last karaoke event, there was a couple of like ringers in there that I got some phone numbers because yeah. I could I could use that kind of those yeah. kind of people. Yeah, for sure, hundred percent for sure. Yeah, there were some people who had good stage presence, amazing voices, some of them. Yep. Yeah, it's very cool. So we just talked about what a cold lead is. Yes. 
Now, there's different kinds of leads. What would you consider a warm lead versus a cold lead? So I have this friend, Dale, who uh, hosts trivia, but I've known him for a long time. He's come to a lot of my stuff. He's uh, he's a bartender around town, and um, and he was hosting trivia, not music trivia, but pub trivia at the bar yep. across the street from where I was doing the, the acoustic trivia. He told me, hey, you know, they're starting to do live music in this bar and restaurant. And it's one of the it's one of the places that was the renaissance of Greensboro's downtown. It's kind of an anchor spot. And I've never done music until kind of now. And uh, he said, I'll get you, I'll get you connected with the guy. And it took me a couple of reminders <laughs> to remind him he'd done that. But sure enough, at some point, that guy reached out to me and said, Hey, Dale tells me you want to play music. You know, what, what can we what can we do? So that was someone who a mutual contact got the interest up and he reached out to me and it's a warm lead because essentially I don't have to introduce myself. I don't have to start from scratch. Like there's a, there's a already a knowing of each other and pretty much the conversation from then is just about scheduling. That's a yeah, warm so lead. So the, the, the idea of a warm lead is, is like, there's already, you've got an in. Yep. It's not like a, this is me. This is my thing. Nice to meet you. All of that stuff. It's, right. it's more of a, I mean, warm leads are, are what you want. Yeah. Because they're the easiest ones to get. Right. right. Like my, I got my, uh, my endorsement with pedal train pedal boards because of a warm lead. Nice. My buddy was already endorsed by him. So I was like, Hey man, do you think you could, uh, get me in touch? And, um, the next thing I knew I had an email with the price sheet in it. It was literally me being friends with that guy was enough yeah. for them to be like, yep, we're, y- yep, whatever, you're whatever you're Go. in. And so, yeah, I mean, that's ultimately what you're after. And that's kind of, I would say that you're, you're dealing with warm leads when you're dealing with previous clients or friends of previous clients. That's a word of mouth kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily like somebody can can be a warm lead and not have heard about you previously. But like word of mouth is definitely like, yeah. if I have my, if I prefer any kind of potentially like a word of mouth lead or like somebody who, who is already been to one of our shows, those are the ones that are the easiest to sell typically. For sure. Because they already know what they're getting. Yep. And then it's just a matter of can you afford it? Yep. There's also just worked network. So there's a place I used to play that it's been a while since I played, since before the pandemic. But they were always fun. It was always a good time playing there. Typical bar set up in the corner or whatever, but it was a good crowd. They were appreciative. But I know that that booker is not there anymore. We're friends on Facebook. I know she's moved on. And I didn't know who it was. I didn't know if they'd start music back up yet. And um, But then I saw a friend of mine post that he was playing there. And I just reached out and said, hey, bud, who's the booker there these days? And he gave me her name and said, she's great. You know, she's around, you know, many weeknights. And I haven't been in there to see her, but I can now go in and drop his name. And the fact that he connected me to her, it's not a lot, but it's better than nothing. I'm at least... I'm I'm dropping names that she knows are in the industry, so she knows that I'm connected to the industry. That's like a step up from some cold dude walking in. So yeah, that kind of networking cool by can association, be you know? by association, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, it's better than nothing. It's not maybe a lot <laughs> better than nothing, but it's better than nothing. Actually, funny that you mentioned that. My the guy who got me that endorsement, his the name of his high school band was Better Than Nothing. How about that? Were they? Go. Uh they were. Okay. Good. I um. I filled in with with them on a couple of gigs and it went pretty good. He's got gold records now though, so I mean, that's so, just a little. So now he's a lot better. Than yeah, it's it's a it's a funny little footnote for him, but uh, that's one of my one of my my favorite things is anytime he has something cool going on, I 
personal picture of the two of us like in high school looking like total dinguses keeps us both uh honest yeah grounded and and humble and such yeah so yeah i mean the other thing about contacts and networking is that you do have to maintain those channels yes because like you were saying like yeah i really liked playing at this venue but the person left and but maybe they went somewhere else and that gives you the ability to then ingratiate yourself at the new location because you already have an in there and like you had also mentioned that like well the existing venue I used to work with so-and-so and so I've already played here before, even though you may not be familiar with what we do, that's right. but we've already been in this spot. Nice to meet you. Yeah. You know, no, that's, that's certainly true. I can drop two names, right? Ginger used to book yep. me here. My friend Danny told me you were doing this thing here now. And yeah, that's absolutely right. Absolutely right. And so for her, she's going to, when I say that, she'd be like, oh, here's somebody who kind of knows the deal around here. He knows that he yep. knows that we're a venue that goes till two. Yep. That's the only reason I haven't been in there to see her, frankly, that's fair. but I'll probably get over that at some point. I think the other thing, probably my last note on this item, is that I treat audience members as contacts, right? I've done a lot to drive attention to my mailing list and have people sign up for that. We're around 350 signups on that now. And I use a CRM, customer relationship management and email management thing called MailChimp that um, I've actually outgrown the free tier of. I'm pretty proud of that. So that's a way that I get the word out about my events that really has shown a lot of impact. People, people turn up that I know came to a thing six months ago and they're there really only because they saw an email from me and we can track opens. We can track bounces. We can track click, uh, link clicks, whole thing. So yeah, that's a, that's a kind of contact. I think a lot of bands and, and solo folks don't really pay enough attention to, and I'd like to see people doing more there. Systems. Systems. Yeah, that too. I have I, I have the capture and contact of those contacts systematized, systematized. In, a, in a pretty great way. Very nice. I feel like members only is a bit spoiled because we are pretty much self-powered. We've got a website. We've got good branding. We've got like a great presence. So we do get cold leads all the time. People come to our website. They're like, this is, I'm interested in this. Yep. But most of the business that we get beyond that are friends of friends or people who are guests of a thing that we were already at that want to do something else. So maintaining those things is really important. And it's also important to be sociable at shows and talk to people because those people, you should look at every single person in an audience at a public date and consider them prospective clients for future dates. We've got two weddings lined up for next year. Because we were playing events that people came to, they weren't the clients, but they saw something that went, I want this kind of energy at this thing coming up. And so we need to follow up. So that stuff's super important. But around maintenance, it can be things like sending out quarterly emails about what you've got going on Mm -hmm. or what you have uh, availability for. You could go like the full corporate route and go through your list of clients for the year and send some sort of gift of some kind, like a basket or a bottle of wine or something, or even just an email like, hey, thank you for your business this year. We look forward to working with you guys in the future. If you have opportunities for live music, don't hesitate to reach out, that kind of thing. I happen to know that our friend on the Good Gab podcast, Paul Kent, has a whole practice around that. He sends emails to last year's clients, giving them right of first refusal on that date again this next year. Yep. Yeah. Hey, speaking of, listen, fellow music makers, have you checked out the Gig Gab podcast yet? It's this awesome weekly show. It's all about us working musicians. 
The hosts, Dave Hamilton and Paul Kent. Just a couple of dudes who love to dig into everything music and talk about gigs every single week. Think vocal exercises, getting the word out about your shows, even gear reviews. It's the real deal, helpful stuff that could take your music to the next level. And it's not just them, they got guests too. One time they had Dan East on the show talking about his experience at the NAMM conference. Yeah, insider scoop stuff, and they're not shy about sharing it. Every week they go on this epic journey through music, talking about everything from vintage vinyl to the latest tech. If you got a question, chances are they've got a podcast episode answering it. And here's the kicker, they know that we're not just about making music, we're about making memories for an audience. They got tips and tricks to help us keep the crowd pumped and wanting more. So plug in those headphones and crank up the Gig Gab podcast. Because we've all got something to say in this big, crazy world of music. Let's make some noise. Join Paul and Dave at giggabpodcast.com or wherever you find your podcasts. All right. Next on the list, do you want to take this one? Sure. So next up, we said is creative. Now, that's a term from the marketing world. And what it means is created marketing assets. It means- Yeah, assets would be another word that you- Assets, another word for it. So things like a logo, things like- promo materials, things like bio copy, all of which feeds into stuff like one sheets and social media posts. And it's the stuff that you, you've you got in your pocket that you can rely on to just pull out and fill space on a flyer. Yeah, Every band I've been part of where I've been part of the marketing effort, there's been a period of time where we didn't quite know who we were yet. We had the vision, we, uh, you know, we established that, but we had to talk about it was not quite gelled. And so for a while, every flyer got new copy. The website got revised a few times if we remembered to, but ultimately we gelled down to like a strap line that said who we are and a logo that we liked and a couple of paragraphs of copy that worked well. And and then we were able to generate a bunch of things off of that, the Facebook posts and the Instagram stuff and all that stuff fell out of a library of creative that took a while, but we eventually gelled around it. Yeah. And it, it's, it can be a lot of things, but like the main idea is that you have these kind of pre-existing components that you can then just patch together to make whatever it is that you need. So not just a logo, but like a PNG logo with an alpha channel that you can just lay on top of other stuff. Yeah. Um, a version you know, with a transparent things, background, a version with a white yep. background, a version that works on black. So maybe it's inverted or the colors are changed up some. Yeah, you got to think all these things through. Yeah. So like for members only, we've got our primary logo is that MTV style logo with the checkered pattern. And we've got a version with white lettering. We have a version with black lettering. We have it on transparent background. We have it on, you know, and then we also have different versions of the MTV logo with different patterns. We've Mm -hmm. got like one that's kind of like that Memphis style. We've got one that's just a bunch of bananas. Like there's different components for different reasons, but it also includes things like we're an eighties band and I make a lot of animated stuff for like reels and just promotion because moving stuff is more compelling. You see it in your timeline. It jumps out at you. Um, So there are these companies that sell these stylized packages for 80s style content. So there's a company called Pixel Film Studios that does a lot of these really cool stylized templates for vertical video and, you know, just normal widescreen stuff that we utilize all the time to promote upcoming shows. And I'll say this, I alluded to a thing that might be going on um, later on this year that creative 100% sold the prospect on Yep. because I was sending an email about another thing. They had reached out to us about something unrelated to this deal, but I had this existing artwork from a previous event. And I was like, Hey, we're looking to another one of these events. Would you be interested? And just off of the artwork alone, they were like, let's talk. Yeah. 
it's crazy. Yeah. And I, I posted today on, um, on my Facebook account because we used to do a, an event called Fanny Pack Friday and the logo looks like the Saved by the Bell logo. And it's just a thing that I, I'd put together. But like now, if I want to go to a venue, it's like, this is the thing we want to do. This is what the branding looks like. Are you in or are you out? It's so much easier to do when you have those assets available and it's just that you can just use them to your heart's content. Yep. What do you use for graphic design? I like Pixelmator Pro. It's basically like a max take on um, on Photoshop. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's cheaper. It's way cheaper. It's not subscription-based. It can't do all of the things that Photoshop can do, but it does a lot of them. And for the most part, it does what I need it to do. Uh, before that, I, I used Pages for like almost everything, mm. which is, again, that's another Mac program, but it's a free word yeah. processing program. But it also can, it's really good for design if you know what you're doing. Yeah, page layout for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So like all of our logos, all of the podcast episode thumbnails, like all that stuff, it's all done in Pixelmator hmm. Pro. All right. I'm a Canva guy myself. Yep. And um, Canva's great. Canva's great. I have a subscription to it. The full bird version of it now includes some AI photo generation stuff. So that's interesting. And uh, the beauty of Canva is that it thinks in terms of creative assets. It thinks in terms of libraries. So it's got branding libraries. You can set up different organizations that have different sets of logos and art and background and colors that can then when you start a new project from within that organization it comes to life with your color scheme all set up and it's really well thought through so yeah it's also got like automated it's got like um social media management like you can schedule posts and things like that through it i've heard i haven't done that out of canva but it certainly has templates that are all the right sizes for everything you know if you need a facebook event cover it you can set up a template that's exactly right pixel size and off you go and it can, it's pretty smart at resizing existing designs. Mm-hmm. So I can take a design that I built for, I took a design I built for a um, extendable poster, a banner thing, right? That stands up really tall yep. and is narrow and tall. And I turned it into a Facebook event cover and it like found a way to do it. That was pretty aesthetically. Okay. Uh, I tweaked Sweet. it some, but cause I liked all those things. I just wanted to, I knew I'd need to fiddle with it, but I needed a lot less fiddling than I expected. It was pretty amazing actually. Nice. Yep. So Canva's a fan. I'm a fan of Canva. Canva's a fan of me. Yep. I have it. <laughs> but there's a lot of tools out there. There's GIMP. If you don't want to pay for anything, it's open source. Well, I mean, it, 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 it works. It's, it's useful. It works. It, works. Yeah. it ain't pretty, but no, it does, it ain't does pretty, get the job it done. Works. iMovie, you know, if you're on a, on a, on a Mac. Sure. And the same thing with like audio stuff. Like you can use Reaper and all that. Uh, Audacity. Audacity yep. Those are both free. Yep. GarageBand's free. There's a lot of free resources. It's just a matter of kind of like getting in there. And, uh, Everything that I know about graphic design, I learned against my will because I had something I needed to get done and I had to figure it out. Yep. You know, I've been hearing about audio branding lately and it's, I I don't know why we as people who produce audio haven't dug in on this, but there are companies that make audio logos and you know them, right? And I can't how many others at the moment, but you know, they've got them. Um, Netflix, right? That net, yep. the sound Netflix makes when it opens is an audio logo that mm-hmm. is very, very distinctive. You know it when you hear it. Be interesting to see a band really trying that audio logo thing because I don't know. I don't think it'd be too hard. We have a lot of audio to draw from. In some of our promo stuff, we use the um, the sound of a Game Boy booting up. The booting. Okay. It's been a while since we've we've pulled it out, but it is one of those. Like I've got like a little folder of little mm-hmm. doodads. But if you look at some of our older promo. Um, when the logo pops up on our on the promo video, it goes ding nice. as that showed up. But like, yeah, there's no right or wrong way to do it. But it's important to put the uh, to put the work in, and that work doesn't necessarily involve you doing all of this stuff. Right, 
your previous group, you hired somebody to draw your your clanky Lincoln. It's true. And um, our MTV logo was my concept, but I, I hired a friend of mine to do it because he could do it and I couldn't. Right. I did a blog post on that where I showed like my mock-up of it <laughs> and how terrible it looked yeah. in comparison to the final product. Yeah. But um, yeah, well, the, sometimes, the, yeah. the brief I gave to my comic book artist friend about Abe, the clanky Lincoln, was like, he's a broken down animatronic. He should be standing there like, uh. And then what he gave me back was this jumping, leaping, dancing Abraham Lincoln with gears flying out of him. And it was so much better than my concept. Like, oh, yeah, light years better. So, yeah, a real artist who can really think these things through is a valuable thing to. And it, it was not expensive. I mean, yeah, I, I paid him 150 bucks or something. Yeah. I mean, um, a local artist did all of the cover band confidential true artwork. Yeah. And uh, I think I paid 200, 250 bucks for, yeah. I mean, hand illustrated stuff. It was great. And if you don't have a network of artists that you know, Fiverr is mm-hmm. a great place to to look for stuff because you can literally go, I'm looking for this in the, sh- in the style of this. Just people just pop up. Yeah. And most of them aren't $5, but you can still get really good work off of that platform. You do have to take some care. There are a lot of people who are reselling Canva templates. Sure. But samples that look like some actual thought was put into them are an important part of that pitch. And uh, the characters of the two of us that have made it into the branding of the stuff is they're cool. They, they work. Yep. So yes, creative, creative, get some, get some, make some, hire some out. Yep. So the last thing we actually made, made it through the whole thing. Uh-huh. No cliffhangers this week, you nope. guys. Well, maybe, maybe an invitation, a big invitation for sure. So the last thing you need, and this was actually the one that I came up with because it's something that I don't think enough of us, consider or yeah. leverage. Yeah. So um, I felt it was worth mentioning and that's data. So as you are building the branding and the story that you are wanting to tell the marketplace as you're putting things together, a part of that exercise should be determining what your target demographic is. What is their age range, uh, gender split, what is their income level? What part of town are they located in? Like all of these particular kind of descriptors that basically make up your ideal audience. The next thing you've got to figure out is, well, what in that population are those people looking for? What are they like? And sometimes you don't know. Most of the times you don't. But I have found more times than not, that population hasn't ever considered it. And nobody's asked them before. Yeah. And so something as simple as reaching out to people that you know who fit that target, they're a great source of information for you yep. and the success of your band. So my example of this was when Members Only started gigging out, I was working for a very large organization that was based basically in Metro Atlanta. We're talking like 700, 800 employees. And I had this network of people that I worked with that came to a lot of our shows who happened to be who we were trying to cater to. They were young professionals, mostly female. They were single. They were consumers of nightlife and and entertainment. And they were literally the people that we wanted to come to the show. Yeah. And so I felt like, well, they're probably a good bunch of people to ask. So I went on surveymonkey.com and I built like a pretty basic survey of the songs that we did currently and then some stuff that we were considering adding. And it was just checkboxes like, what are your favorite songs? And you just 
went through and checked that. What are some songs that were not on the list that you would love to hear, which was just a blank space for people to write stuff? And then uh, what are songs that you don't want to hear? Another blank space. And I put that together in, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes. And I sent it out to like 50, 60 people. And I got 30 or 40 replies. That's good. Within like seven days time. And we were able to harness that data and use it to our advantage. It was a very advantageous thing for us to do. And it, it actually informs how we um, advance certain shows. We don't do this all the time. But typically for private events, I send a version of that survey to the, to the client just to know what we're working with. Interestingly enough, I feel like the song, the section that gets the most attention is the what do you not want to hear? Right. That That's always interesting to me because we've gotten some really weird, like you hire an 80s band and they're like, know this, know that. We've gotten the no Michael Jackson thing right around where it was kind of like yeah. that documentary came out right. that was kind of a third rail artist. And yeah, I mean, there's just people have preferences and showing them that you are considering those preferences yeah. is just another level of professionalism that further ingratiates you with those people and help them see the value in what it is that you are offering as a product. Yeah. I, I did a similar I, I survey kind of thing one time. Um, we planned to do an all 80s show and I did put out to our social media survey that was like, what songs should we do? And had some surprises, but it was good feedback. So, so speaking of you, that, if, yep. should I just dig into this? Should I just dive in? Yeah. All right. Good. Well, here's the thing. I'm in product management in my day gig. And one of the things that we really care about is data-driven decision-making. There's a lot you can do by gut feel. And I'm not discounting gut feel. It's, it's powerful. Once you have a well-informed enough gut, it's the crucial thing. But one of the things we've never done as a podcast, and here we are coming up on episode 300, we've never done it, is to reach out to you and find out in detail what you think about what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, what you'd love to hear us do, what you hate to hear us do, what uh, what big ideas you have that we ought to cover. So we are putting out the first Cover Band Confidential listener survey. Yep. The URL for that survey is a little complicated, so I'm not going to read it to you or anything. It's got some weird random numbers and letters and whatnot in it. So it's been in the show notes and we'll also post it on the socials. But please, that is where to go to let us know your whole set of thoughts about what the future of the show should be, how we should steer it. You know, you are who we want to satisfy with this show. So we want to know how we're doing about that and what what's working, what's not. So please come to the survey and give us all your input. Yeah, we've put a lot of effort into curating the show and making sure that it, it's, it's a good product. Yep. And I'm sure that you guys have noticed that the length and the structure of the show has evolved over the past 12 months, really six months. Mm -hmm. And we just, we want to just make sure that we're heading in the right direction. Yeah. And you should be clear, uh, that has been in response to the download numbers we see. It's, that hasn't been without data, but yep. what we've lacked is real input from our listeners. So this is, this is the thing. It's really important to us. If, if you do one thing for us, well, give a review, but also <laughs> <laughs> come and do this survey. Yeah. I mean, because ultimately we're making this show for you guys. So we want your input. We need your input. Yep. And ultimately your input will make this thing that you already consume better. So it is within everybody's best interest to, to participate. There you go. So please do. Please. So there you have it. Those are the four things that we decided that you need in addition to the three things that you need in order for your band to succeed. Now, we are not remotely delusional in the fact that these were just four arbitrary things that we decided. Yeah, we were playing with you last week. We said, yeah, those are the only three things. No, yeah. clearly not. So if you have other things that you feel are necessary for a band to be successful, send them to us. Yep. 
coverbandconfidential at gmail.com. Leave them in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube. Yep. Uh, we'd love to get your feedback. What would be the next four things? Ooh, that could be a good one too. Yeah. Any other parting words? Come to the survey. Do it. Folks, thanks so much for tuning in. This has been a fun conversation Dan and I have had over the past couple of weeks and uh, the input that we've gotten from the Patreon group and just social media has been really awesome. Uh, really enjoyed that. If you want to contribute to the show, there's a lot of ways to do it, but we'll let Mike take it from here. Otherwise, I will call it for this week. In Atlanta, Georgia, I am Adam Johnson. In Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. You have been listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast for the week of August 4th, 2023. Hey, everybody. It's Mike Schulte from the worst name band in America, the Pork Tornadoes. I listen and love this show, and apparently you do too, because you made it this far. No one makes it this far, but you did, which means that you owe Adam and Dan. This podcast is free, and you consume it to its fullest. It's time to pay up. Here's three things you need to do. A, you have to leave them a review on your podcast platform. You're already in the app. Click five stars right now. Write some words. Done. While you're there, share this episode to a fellow musician. There's a share icon on your podcast app. Text it to him and say, you need to listen to this. You need to get better. You're not a good musician. This will help you. Two, you have to follow them on your social media platforms. YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Go find them and follow. And D, everything I just said is free and it's the least you can do. But here's where you can really support you. Join the Patreon. This is where you can actually support this podcast that you cherish so much. A small monthly donation gets you access to the Slack channel, which is the best place to be if you're a musician who wants to take your band to the next level. You have some of the best musicians giving advice and helping you out. And it's just a great overall community do it i'm serious do it now do all these things or else the pork tornadoes will come to your town book a show the same night as your band at a different bar i'm serious we'll do it 